Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday and welcome to Transmissible, a public health podcast. I am your host, Jessica Stahl, and I just graduated with my MPH with a concentration in epidemiology. And prior to that and during that, I guess you could say as well, I've spent most of my career as a contractor with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. I was in the rare pathogens lab for a very long time. I traveled with CDC um, internationally and domestically. And then um, the final project I worked on, or I guess the most recent one, was I was on the laboratory and testing task force for the emergency COVID response. So welcome. Nothing I say or like any of my opinions here represent anywhere I've gone to school or anywhere I've worked or CDC or any of these places. This is my public health passion project. This is something I do because it's so fun. I've wanted to start a podcast for years and I'm like, you know, now is the time and we're doing it. So thank you for listening and to the community that we're slowly building. I just really appreciate you being here and the support and just um, on different platforms as well. I just really appreciate it. So it is the first Wednesday back after holiday break. We are back on the grind. It's Wednesday. I think most people went back Tuesday because Christmas Day was Monday. So I think, you know, most people got Monday off. Tuesday, we're back at it. Wednesday, it's time for the Wednesday podcast. Um, The stories have not been riveting. It's like, I think a lot of people and journalists and kind of like the world took the past week off. So kind of some updates on some past outbreaks. We're going to talk about some travel warnings that have gone out recently. Um, Kind of an update on MPOX and measles. So some interesting things. I hope you hang around. And then at the very end, we're going to go over current job openings in the world of public health. We're going to talk about salaries of them. I'm going to tell you where they're posted, how you can get to them, and the um, like educational requirements for them. My cat is at the office door meowing. If she continues doing that, I might have to go bribe her with some treats too. Oh my gosh. I feel like I can't tell if that's coming through on the on the speaker, but I don't know. We'll play that one by ear. I might have to go bribe her with some treats to uh, give me a couple minutes to record in peace. But anyways, let's dive in head first. Oh, she keeps meowing. Hold on. Let me go bribe her with some treats. I'll be right back. Okay, y'all. I am back. That cat. <laughs> She is so loud. I don't, I just don't think other cats are this loud. She is just so vocal. Um, She has been bribed with treats and she is now hanging out with my husband and son in the basement. So we should be good. Let's dive into the first story. Okay, so JAMA Network has published that even though it's been 60 years since the first measles vaccine was licensed for public use, cases from 2021 to 22 have gone up, including death. So I'm going to read a little bit of this article. It's really well written. I will link it in the body, but it says, yet in 2022, more than 9 million measles cases occurred worldwide with an estimated 136,000 people, mostly children, dying from the highly contagious disease, according to a recent report from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is CDC, and the WHO. It's very concerning because of how infectious this virus is and how dangerous it can be for children. Christopher Shu, MD, PhD, the lead CDC co-author of the report, noted in an interview, according to CDC, children younger than five years old, adults older than 20 years old, pregnant individuals, and people with 
compromised immune systems have the highest risk of measles complication, which can include encephalitis and pneumonia, with pneumonia being the most um, common cause of death in young children. In the U.S., about one in five people with measles who are unvaccinated require hospitalizations. That is like a very high number. That's 20%. Much much progress towards eliminating measles has been made during um, from the time period of 2000 to 2019, when the proportion of people globally who'd received at least one dose of measles containing vaccine MCV increased from 72% to 60 um, to 86%. During the COVID-19 pandemic in 2021, worldwide cases, um, sorry, worldwide coverage dropped from 81% the lowest since 2008. So obviously this is an issue during COVID. We saw a lot of this. I feel like each week I'm reporting out on something, whether it's dengue or I think malaria, and it's just that things um, were really thrown off kilter from COVID. In some cases, cases went down because of um, you know the more of the isolation and less people crowding. But in the case of measles, um, vaccination went down. So cases went up. So it's very sad, very preventable. And, um, I will kind of keep an eye on this and report out any additional information. Story number two, also from JAMA network. JAMA network was just hitting this week with, um, stories published within the past couple of days, all the other sites that I used, it was like a story from mid December. People were taking their, um, holiday breaks, but they are reporting out again. This is we talked about this um, last week. Is that the more virulent mpox clade can be sexually associated? CDC and WHO warn. We already talked about this, so if you're listening to transmissible, you already knew this. But still reporting it out, still showing that it indeed is increasing. Um, there is now a travel advi- advisory for the Democratic Republic of Congo. And this just includes to be um, an epidemic that began in 2022 and continues to surge and be an issue that they are still now working on. So there is more than 12,500 suspected cases over the past year, and that is about double the number from 2022, or sorry, 2020. Oh my gosh, me with the dates. Um, About 600 people are believed to have died from NPOX infection, which translates to a case fatality rate of 4.6%. So obviously this is like a very big issue and we're kind of following it. So if you're listening to Transmissible, you will be in the know and in the loop about the um, global health topic of MPOX, which as we covered last time is monkeypox. It has been renamed to um, MPOX. All right, next story. This is kind of a collection of stories, but I wanted to touch on CDC's Traveler Health um, notices, and there were some updates. So level two, which is practice enhanced precautions. So there's four levels of um, travel advisories. So level four, avoid all travel. Level three, reconsider non-essential travel. Level two, practice enhanced precautions. And level one, practice Um, usual precautions. And so there were a couple updates Two most recently um, diphtheria in Niger and diphtheria in Nigeria. There is an outbreak um, in both of these countries. And CDC is saying if you're traveling to the infected area, sorry, not infected, affected area, 
you should be up to date with your diphtheria vaccines. Um, it's kind of the same advisory for both countries, but just kind of going down the list, we already covered it, but there's an MPOX advisory for the Dominican Republic of Congo, diphtheria in Guinea, and those are the only ones for December. Um, there are currently no level three or level four travel restrictions, which I feel like is a slight beginning of the year win. Um, there are a couple level one, you know, so the, the lowest level that were issued in December. So dengue in Asia and the Pacific islands, dengue in the Americas, as we touched on a couple weeks ago. Um, there's a risk in parts of central and South America, Mexico and the Caribbean. Um, some countries are reporting increased number of cases of the disease. It says travelers to the Americas can protect themselves by preventing mosquito bites. Dengue in Africa in the Middle East and Rocky Mountain spotted fever in Mexico. We also reported that one out. I think that was two weeks ago. Um, but they were seeing, um, I think it was the doctors were seeing cases of it in Southern California. It was people who had traveled to Baja, California, Mexico. Baja, California is in Mexico. That can be confusing. Um, so yeah, those are our travel advisories. I thought that was interesting. Um, Traveler's Health has a special place in my heart. That's where I did my MPH internship. I worked on the um, influencer, the vaccination, COVID vaccination influencer campaigns. It was kind of a cost benefit analysis. Um, very interesting, very, um, very fun internship. I was extremely pregnant. <laughs> and um just hurting so they were uh also just like a really nice crew to be just so I was I ended my internship Friday it was it would have been like July 30th what other been I can't remember the dates but I I ended my internship I turned in my laptop from the internship um Friday and then I was admitted for an induction for my um when I had my baby Monday. So like we cut it real close, um, but they were great. So this traveler's health has a special place in my heart, but those are kind of the stories for this Wednesday, our first Wednesday back from the holidays. There's not um, a ton. I suspect that by next week, they will, there will be more um, top headlines, but I think we should jump in to some really interesting epidemiology, public health, um, health equity, those type of jobs that are available right now. If you're, if you're in the public health field of work, whether you have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, doctorate level, um, I want to, at the end of each episode, just kind of say what's up for grabs because the world of public health is so small that a lot of times, I feel like most people I know in public health jobs and the jobs I've held I am included in that. Um, oh, my cat started meowing again. <laughs> um, you find out about jobs by word of mouth. So it's really helpful if you have someone. Oh, my gosh, she keeps meowing. I just don't know if you guys can hear it over the speakerphone. The treat bribing just was so temporary. Um, anyways, but it's just helpful if you just kind of have someone keeping an eye out for jobs, and I'm going to be that eye out. So let's report some out. So if you're in Denver, I've pulled my analytics. I know I have um, a good chunk of my listeners in the Colorado area. I think that's because TikTok 
sends my TikToks out to local people. <laughs> um, like if you look at my TikTok analytics, like half of them go to Denver. So it translates to a lot of my podcast listeners being from Denver. So these are for my Denver public health people, Douglas County, which is um, like Castle Rock, Parker, Highlands Ranch, um, parts of Littleton, Lone Tree. They are hiring for an epidemiologist one or two. I think this is a really great job for my Denver people. So they want one year's experience performing epidemiology work. So it's like one tiny step above entry level. They said a combination of experience and education may be considered. So they want an MPH or a master's of science in epidemiology, biostatistics, or closely related fields. But when they say that a combination of experience and education may be considered, that means if you've worked in epidemiology for five, 10 years, but you don't have that master's degree, they still might hire you. So this is like a pretty good gig. Um, I really like this one. Douglas County is a desirable county. This is, you know, this is Denver, like Denver, Denver. Um, Yeah, familiarity with basic quantitative epidemiology concepts. This is like a pretty bread and butter epi job. Let's see if there's anything like super unique works. Okay. So this is interesting. It works with the manager of emergency preparedness and disease surveillance. So this is going to be emergency preparedness um, work. This could be COVID. I'm getting COVID vibes here. Um, Disease surveillance, another COVID, but this technically emergency preparedness that could fall into a couple other categories. So interesting one. I would, if you're in the Denver area, I would jump on this one. Pay range is anywhere from 62,000 a year to 105,000 a year. And remember, this is hiring epidemiologists one or two. So like entry level one, you're probably sitting closer to the 62,000 range. Epi two, which epi two probably means you have that master's degrees and master degree and experience. You're probably sitting closer to 100, 105. So I like this job. Um, Location, Castle Rock. So you're going to be public, uh, what do you call it? Douglas County, but you'll be stationed in Castle Rock. Castle Rock's great. Um, Full-time. I like this one, y'all. So I would, if if you want to apply to this, I would literally just Google search epidemiologist one or two job Castle Rock. And this will definitely pop up first hit. It's been posted for 12 days. All right. A similar one also for my Colorado people or someone who wants to live in Colorado, epidemiologist one, two, and three. So they're hiring all three of those. Um, This is different. The last one is epi one or two. This one's and one, two, and three. So this is a bigger um, hiring bundle. This is for Weld County. So that's going to be Greeley. Greeley is north of Denver, but still like Denver-ish. You know what I mean? Like kind of, if you know the area, it's, it's, it's Denver. I feel like you could, like someone who doesn't know Colorado, you could basically say you live in Denver, but I think people from Colorado would disagree, but they're close enough to where it's, it's a gray area. This one does not have the salary in the listing. Now, that is technically against the law in Colorado. When you post a job in Colorado, you are legally required to post the salary, so they could technically get in trouble for this one. It does say they prefer the ideal candidate will have an advanced degree in epidemiology and a passion for communicable disease. Um, but it does say, okay. So they want, okay, this is like weird, weird. 
weirdly worded. So this is the positional range from an epi one to a three based on knowledge and experience. So that makes it sound like they're hiring one and it kind of depends where you fall in that. But then their next bullet point is a bachelor of science degree in physical, biological, or social science and a master's degree in epi or biostats. Um, so and maybe the, this is just hiring for one person. Epidemiologist four is four years. Okay, here we go. Is four years of experience and two must be at the epi two level. Okay, so this is, I should have looked over this a little bit uh, more in detail before I threw it on this list, but basically they are hiring for one person. I, I was incorrect on the first part of this uh, <laughs> um, verbal blurb, but if you have two years of experience at epi two level and the bachelor's degree in basically a science and then an, either an MPH or an MS in epi or biostats plus just four years of experience total working with epi, then you are going to be an epidemiologist three, which if I would guess is probably around 130 a year. That's a total guess. But if Douglas County's epi two is 105, I would guess Weld County is maybe similar. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess one uh 130. So if you're an epi, if you wanna be in you know Colorado in the Denver region, this is maybe a great job. I would search epidemiologist one, two, and three, Weld County, and it should pop right up. If you have a hard time finding these, I can um like DM me and I'll send them to you. I just don't necessarily want to post them in the body of the podcast. I feel like that would be just overkill, but just kind of trying to point these out. All right, another one. Um, where did it go? Okay, so we have a health equity epidemiologist. This is from, so I always say the name of it. I've called this corporation Changa. I, it might be how it's pronounced, but it's C-H-E-N-E-G-A. This is a contracting company that contracts to CDC. I am familiar with them. They're one of the bigger ones. So they are hiring a health equity epidemiologist. This is a full-time position. You have to have a master's degree in epidemiology, biostats, sociology, economics, or social work. They want you to have five years of experience plus publications. This is like a beefier, you know, more of a mid-career job, maybe, maybe late career, um, kind of depending on your career path. But um, I think this is a pretty good job. It the salary. Let me zoom down here real quick. Is anywhere from one twenty five a year to one fifty a year. So this is a higher paid one. Um, you get retirement, four hundred one k, commuter benefits, paid time off. You get um, eleven paid holidays, plus you get one hundred and thirty six hours off a year. Someone do the math. So it's that divided by eight. Um, you get short and long-term disability. I really like this job. Um, if you're in California, it says you get an additional 24 hours of sick leave. Um, but this is a really good one. It, let's see if the location is on here. I'm going to guess this is an Atlanta job. But because it doesn't say remote. This is probably Atlanta. Atlanta is wonderful. I lived there for almost 20 years, big Atlanta fan. If you're in the public health world and you really want to dive into your career and you're open to move, really, truly consider moving to Atlanta. It's just like such a hub for public health and global health. Um, obviously, other 
other cities are too, like Boston, obviously New York City. Um, Seattle's a big one for global health. Denver is a pretty big one for like environmental health and Vectorborne. CDC's Vectorborne um, hub is here. But um, Atlanta's great. Let's see. Yeah, it doesn't say location, but. I'd go all in on that being an Atlanta one. Okay, this one I thought was interesting. This is Epidemiologist 2 in the state of Hawaii is hiring. So if you want to move to Hawaii, this is you. You need a master's degree in epidemiology or a health-related field, um, which has completed and passed at least three epidemiological method courses, and one must be an advanced level. So basically it sounds like if you have a master's degree in, like, let's say, nursing, like a NP maybe, um, health-related field, master's degree in health-related field. That could also be just a master's in medical science. I have a friend who has that. Um, you may have already taken some epi classes. If you haven't, you could probably just like take a couple. But this is a really good one. The pay range is 80000 to one ten a year. I feel like Hawaii has a really high cost of living, so that's a little bit lower. I guess it's for a two position. Um, if you're applying to this job, I feel like you should argue for really hit snugging up close to that 110, um, 110,000 per year side of that range, just because Hawaii is so expensive. Um, so this position, what are you working on? Statewide surveillance for adult viral hepatitis, particularly hepatitis B and C. So this would be a really interesting infectious disease. Hawaii, I love this job for my surfer out there, a beach lover. Like this is all you. We have our mountain jobs and we have our beach jobs. This is a really good one. Um, okay, the last one I'm going to throw in there is a scientist four. And it says epidemiology slash health service research. And this is out of Palo Alto, so Bouge. And it's Sutter Health is the company that's hiring. So they want a doctorate level degree. So it's a MPH or an MD. Um, it says MD in public health. So I think it's worded a little bit interesting. But they also, I feel like the, okay, this is just, I feel like this pay range is like a little low to want an MD to apply, but, you know, more power to them. So it says pay range is 84 to $134 an hour. So that is ballpark like range around 160 to 260 ish thousand a year um in palo alto and they want you to have phd or md so i'd probably argue for a, a higher end of that on the higher end of that range but they want 10 years of experience in managing a multidisciplinary research team they went 10 years, demonstrated experience of peer-reviewed scientific publications in health service research, and three years of postdoctoral research training and or experience in health services, public health, epidemiology, a behavioral science, management, and then it just says dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, so this is an interesting one, maybe a foot in the door in Palo Alto. I know nothing about Sutter Health, but hey, it's a good job. It's a cool part of the world to live in. So if you're a doctoral level, doctorate level, and this is interesting to you, I would just search like scientist. It's in um, Roman numerals. So it's scientist four, but it's IV. And then Palo Alto, Sutter Health, it'll all pop right up. 
Um, oh my gosh, I have to sneeze, guys. One second, let me pause. Okay, I'm back. I sneezed. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, Podcasting's weird because I'm like sitting alone in the office. I have my coffee. I'm in like an oversized hoodie. And then you have to sneeze, so you have to pause it, but I'm like in an, an empty room. It's just podcasting is such an interesting experience and um, it's actually very enjoyable. So highly recommend if any of you have wanted to start a podcast, um, just start doing it. That's what I'm doing. I'm kind of learning as I go. This is pretty casual as you can see, but it's very fun um, and I just highly recommend. So those are the stories of our midday kind of public health check-in and then those are the um, jobs that I think are interesting that are out right now in the epidemiology side of public health. Um, in the future, I might add in some non-epi ones. There's a lot of public health jobs that are not epidemiology based. So I'll start to sprinkle those in as well to our little career corner. Um, but I guess I'm wrapping it up. I That's about it. I'm going to go downstairs, hang out with my husband and my son. They're watching a YouTube channel we've started watching. It's called Outdoor Boys. <laughs> on YouTube. It's this family. This guy is crazy. He's like out in the Arctic circle with like a wool blanket and like flint to start a fire. And he's, and he just films the whole thing, um, on how he survives and like sub zero temperatures making like essentially igloos in Alaska. And it's just very entertaining. So we've kind of been binging that lately. Um, that's called Outdoor Boys. So I'm going to go join them and do that and throw this up on Spotify. While I do that, I think one thing, and I wanted to kind of throw it out here, please give me feedback if you have thoughts here, is so back in the day, I used to stream on Twitch. So I had a video game stream. My name was Sparkle Gaming. <laughs> and I... I mean, it was like mildly successful. I My cat got attacked by a dog and I had to raise almost $5,000 for her surgery. And so I did a 24 hour stream where I just played video games for 24 hours and had people donate. And I basically paid off her vet bills with that. And I had like thousands of people joining and it was very fun. I loved kind of my streaming journey, kind of streaming uh, side hustle of the internet. Um, and so I was thinking of maybe once a week going live on there and doing this podcast live and then still uploading like how I'm uploading now to Spotify, but just adding a Twitch live show. It would be, obviously I just said it would be live, so it'd be more interactive. Like you can jump on chat, we can chat about it, you can give me your thoughts, your opinions, we can discuss, you know, like dengue. Dengue, there's an outbreak going on, like let's discuss it. It'd be more of like a discussion form. I think I'm going to do it. Would love some feedback if any of you guys are on Twitch. Um, I was looking around to see if anyone else is kind of already doing that on Twitch. And there's definitely science stuff, but public health is not super popular. I think it got a lot, not not I think, I was looking at the, the Google searches data, but it got a lot popular, got a lot more popular with COVID, obviously, because it just smashed itself in front of all of our faces. But, um, but there's a lot of science podcasts, there's a lot of YouTube and Twitch and all these, you know, science live shows but there's there's not very many there's a couple on like YouTube and stuff but there's not very many public health ones so I was thinking I think Twitch needs that so I might start that in the next couple weeks um so just curious if you guys had thoughts on that 
send me a DM. I'm transmissible pod on TikTok and I'm public health Jess J E S on um, Twitter. I really need to get that Twitter back up and running. It's like my really old one. Um, but yeah, shoot me a DM. Let's chat about it. Thank you for being here. I'm, you know, I've pulled my data. I can see that you guys are listening. I just so appreciate that. I really see this as like a, a cozy little community. So, um, I just appreciate the support and that's it. I'm going to jump on on Friday and do, um, an end of the week public health news headlines. Um, I'll see you guys then please like subscribe, whatever interaction the platform you're on, um, prompts you to do that just really helps the podcast and it helps, um, kind of keep the momentum going and it, you know, you need a certain amount of people to do that for you to even show up on the searches. And I am showing up on the Spotify search. Um, I think the Apple podcast when I'm still a little bit further down, but, um, any type of support in that arena really helps the pod. So I appreciate that. And I hope you guys have a great night. Bye guys.